Welcome to Please Bet on Football Games. Welcome to The Call, Week 10. I'm Joe, at BMATFTS on Twitter, the keeper of the real. Who's that? This is Alex. You guys can find me at I underscore like underscore sports six. Have you back for week 10? Looks like we got uh, some interesting games this week. Should be a fun week of batting. Yeah, we had like that good month in a row where every week we were saying, not a great week for bets. And then two weeks ago, it was an okay week bolstered by the biggest bet of my life on Green Bay over Arizona. And then this past week, the bets were solid. This week, I think I actually like them. Yeah, and the the more I look at them, the more I, I, I'm finding things I like and uh, have angles on games. Well, that said, you want to jump in? No, I want to say one thing that I noticed this morning when I was doing all my spreadsheets. I'll just go fuck myself then. Well, I'm going to ask you to fuck yourself a second time. Because you may recall last week on the call, I said, why shouldn't I bet on the Bears plus seven? And that was going to be in my head. That was our fifth pod pick. And uh, you stood between us having a five and O pod week. All right. Let's let's not act like <laughs> we were if that I, gung-ho about betting on the Bears. I was going to say, if I wanted, I totally could have forced it through. Yeah, you you know that if you push, you can get just about any bet through in this podcast. So, and seeing that we had two other maybes that we ended up putting in. Both of which lost because we suck. Both of which lost. And we didn't even really seriously entertain the Bears. But No, no. I, also, I had Bears money line at plus 250 yesterday for 500 bucks. And right before they scored the touchdown... So take the lead. I pulled out for a profit of $4. <laughs> hey, that's plus money, man. I, I had a thousand on bears plus seven. And then halfway through the day, I was like, no, nah, fuck that. I'm just going to put a half unit on the money line. Cause whatever. And Hey, you know what? I was smart to pull out. I probably should have waited like a little bit longer to pull out. Cause I would have got more money like $10, but Hey, you don't yeah, but you could have just a $4 profit. Have- <laughs> Yeah, and you could have just as easily seen Fields fuck up as he's known to do. And instead of waiting and getting a a lead, you then have where the Steelers are in front and have the ball and can just wait out, and then you get nothing back. So that's the game. I think I'm ready to jump in now. All right, awesome. So Week 10 starts off with the Baltimore Ravens going to play the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are plus seven and a half. I'm sure there's a lot of really smart reasons why one should be betting on the Dolphins here, but it will not be me. I will not do it. Me either. And I'm not betting on the Ravens. Not after, you know, they've played an extra game of football now. No. Yeah, and every game has been close for them. Yeah. Even against bad teams. So I I can't even just say, oh, it's the Dolphins and the Ravens beat up on bad teams because that hasn't been true this year. They've had close games with everyone. That said, or the Bengals, the the correct side that I will not be betting, but the correct side is to bet on the Dolphins because there is actual hype in the streets right now about Lamar Jackson MVP. Yeah, the Ravens are definitely getting overrated because Lamar is being so successful despite the limitations of that offense because the offensive line is not good. They're on running back four, five. Hey, they have the all-pro running back team of 2015. Right, but like the, <laughs> the guys they have playing are beyond washed up. Yeah. And the receivers, oh, I actually think, are pretty great. But I love their receivers and their tight ends. I think they're deep as shit there, but we but don't talk about that. the way the offense that. is structured, it's a limitation. You know, having that much talent there isn't as, as big of a benefit for them. And so Lamar succeeding when the things that he's relied on in previous years – have not been there. They don't have strong running backs that they can go and get them to eat up yards. They don't have an offensive line that can create big holes for him and give him a lot of time to go create stuff. So he's producing really well right now. I still go back to my thing of it's not going to keep up because they keep playing too much football. Like you just said, they played an, an entire extra game of football at this point. Every game has gone down to the wire besides those two in uh, against the Chargers and the Bengals, but they've just played a lot of really tough football and are really beat up, and it it can't get better. This is the absolute best it can get, 
And yeah. so I think it, it can only go down. The value is to bet against the Ravens. That's why we faded. Yeah. We're not going to bet high, but we can't, we can't bet on the Dolphins. Exactly. It's just you, you're not going to bet on the Dolphins because this very well could be a game where the Ravens go and win by 30 points because they should. The Ravens of last year win this game by 35, but that team is gone. Yeah. So I think this one we just pass on and move on to Sunday. Let's do Sundays. All right. To start off Sunday, we have the Atlanta Falcons going to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are minus nine. You know I want to do it. You know. A little uh, little bit of Falcons juice? I want, I want to bet on the Falcons, but I'm not supposed to. As soon as I read the game, I was like, oh, we're starting off hot because Joe's immediately going to want to go on the Falcons. Honestly, I... I don't entirely disagree with you. I don't really want to bet on this game just because I like other games more. But if I had to pick a side, I'd probably pick the Falcons. Well, let's do the kryptonite analysis real quick. Just And then we'll keep it as a maybe unless we love it. So the way that you beat the Cowboys, one, is by throwing the football because they're secondary. (laughs) I was watching a little bit of tape today, and I just happened to stumble across how bad Trevon Diggs has been. You know, like he always was, like he was in college, like he was last year. And the notion that there are still people out there, like people who are paid six figures to talk about the NFL, they exist and are on national broadcast talking about Trevon Diggs' possible defensive player of the year. That's a thing. Yeah, it's utterly insane. I mean, the guy, he picks off a lot of balls, but it's because he's athletically limited and he has to gamble otherwise he's going to get beat on every play that's generous dude there there are four picks that i've watched this year that literally happened because he was out of position and a ball bounced to him or got thrown at his dick like an accurate quarterback he could do everything he wants that ball is completed it's just like the guy's made of fucking horseshoes and clovers yeah he's definitely getting lucky right now on top of he's he's guessing right but he still guesses wrong a lot and also just gets beat because he's not actually that good. No, he's got great ball skills, but he's not good at covering. You're right. Right. And, and and he's the best part of their coverage. Oh, yeah, easily. So they're, they're really weak in coverage. You're right. You beat them by throwing. And the Falcons have been better at throwing the ball recently, even with uh, Calvin Ridley not being a factor this year. But Kyle Pitts is coming on. I don't think anyone for the Cowboys can really cover Kyle Pitts. Do you? It's Trevon Diggs. Like that's, that's going to be their, they're like, Oh, Trevon Diggs is six foot three and has great ball skills. He'll cover Kyle Pitts, but Kyle Pitts is faster than him. And Kyle Pitts is still bigger than him. And Kyle Pitts has better ball skills than him. And Trevon Diggs doesn't really play a physical game. He's a big corner, but he plays a finesse game. So I don't think that'll work, but that is 100% what they will do. The problem is, I think, we know what Atlanta's kryptonite is. It is their offensive line. And Randy Gregory has been unreal. You know, Demarcus Lawrence is due back any week. So, you know, 50-50 shot he plays. But if he doesn't, they still have Micah Parsons, who is terrible at everything but blitzing. Luckily, they do that with him. Matt Ryan's going to get pressured. We know he can't move. And we know he doesn't have the arm strength anymore to make the off-platform throws that he actually used to be low-key good at. So these are two teams that are flawed in this matchup the cowboys kind of stink relative to their expectation and the falcons kind of don't match up well against the cowboys because they can't protect and i think that the cowboys will be able to run all over them yes i think that just means we stay away from it but i don't wanna it's a maybe it's a maybe we'll see yeah i i agree with you because that was my initial thing and i think the falcons will be able to throw but you're right the cowboys are going to be able to come after them and they're going to be able to just destroy that defense i don't know if the falcons will keep up because they're gonna have to score a lot and that might be asking too much of matt ryan even just to cover at nine they're gonna have yeah, to no. score. they're gonna need to get at least 21 to cover like yeah which isn't out of the realm of possibility but i don't know if i want to bet on it, especially if the cowboys are running the ball a lot and just chewing clock and if anybody can neutralize the legend that is dean pease because don't look now but dean pease actually has turned atlanta into a serviceable defense um if anybody can neutralize the legend that is Dean Peace, it's probably the burgeoning legend that is Kellen Moore. So I think we yeah. move on. Yeah, let's move on. Next game, we have the Buffalo Bills going to play the New York Jets. The Jets are plus 13. I'm not saying anything about this game. I refuse, I think. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to bet on it. 
it, there's nothing. I mean, half of betting on any Bills game is stupid because what Josh Allen are you getting? And then exactly. Like I personally know that Josh Allen will be bad because this is a game in the year 2021 that's not being played against the Chiefs, and he's never been good in any of those such games. However, uh, those such games, redundant and stupid sounding. However, the New York Jets may be playing Josh Johnson. They may be playing a hurt Mike White. The Bills have a good defense that is well coached. Fuck this game. The next one is juicy. Let's get to it. Definitely. The Cleveland Browns are going to play the New England Patriots. The Patriots are minus one and a half. Okay, timer is set. Let's see how we can be, how expeditious we can be here. This is my best bet of the week easily. I want Cleveland money line. I took Cleveland money line when it was plus three because I don't need that fucking number. Cleveland's going to win this game going away. Let's examine why. Kryptonite theory. Do you know off the top of your head what the kryptonite for the Patriots offense is? I do not. It is any semblance of pressure because Mac Jones makes Joe Burrow look like a seasoned, grizzled Terry Bradshaw as far as handling pressure goes. Um, I actually haven't watched Terry Bradshaw, but I imagine he was tough. So Mac Jones will turn the ball over twice simply because he sees a rusher. And the way that the Patriots will try to combat this is with lots and lots of short throws, which will work. They will work against the Browns because the Browns play that off coverage and then running the ball a lot. And that will not work because the Browns defensive line is four deep. Their linebackers are worthless outside of tackling runners and their safeties are linebackers who are not particularly great at coverage anyways. So the, the, Patriots fan rebuttal is going to be something along the lines of, oh, but that means we'll feed the tight ends and beat your bad backers and safeties. You won't. Do you know why you won't? Because Mac Jones can't throw far enough downfield or throw with enough zip to the sticks to actually exploit that zone coverage. Like those are tight window throws. They're available, but they're tough. Well, for Mac Jones. So that's my Patriots offense versus Browns defense handicap. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. The knock you've always had on Mac Jones, what we've seen is that he really struggles with pressure and when he has to use his arm to make things happen. The the Browns will give up those easy, quick throws. They'll be able to get a lot of completions. I don't know if it'll lead to that many points, though, because the, the Browns play that Ben don't break soft zone and they'll be able to get into the red zone. But I think once that happens, the Browns are going to create issues for them. So I think the Patriots are going to get a lot of field goals on offense. But where I, the value is, is that I don't think the Patriots defense will be able to stifle the Browns enough to make up for the fact that their offense will be, you know, serviceable, but not actually that effective at scoring points. And that's because we talked about it earlier this week, but the, the Patriots defense has been really lucky. They've got just crazy turnover luck at this point that you know is one of the most unsustainable things in football the browns are rounding out and they they play uh, a game that's pretty safe as it is i think the patriots are going to look to just stop the run especially if nick chubb is out they they're going to it's going to have to be baker beating the patriots in the past game and i think right now he can do that at least enough to overcome Mac Jones and the Patriots offense kicking four field goals. I I legitimately think that the Patriots are a poor man's Bengals team. It's Mac Jones is a Joe Burrow that isn't quite as smart and has a little bit less arm talent somehow. And the Patriots offense is similarly structured around those five to 10 yard throws to open possession receivers with an occasional deep shot to Aguilar or an occasional See, this is the thing. When you watch Patriots games, your eyes just sink in towards the line of scrimmage so much that you're like, oh, damn, that was a bomb. Because Mac Jones throws a 15-yard corner route to a tight end. And you're like, whoa, he hit a big one. Nope, 15 yards. Not actually very difficult at all. So so what's think- your read on the, the Browns offense versus the Patriots defense? Because you, you've given us a lot that you think the – Browns defense should be able to hold up pretty well, but how do you think Baker's going to do? I'm glad you asked. First of all, it looks like it's going to be Dearness Johnson. So the Browns will, they'll be helped. They'll be helped away from themselves because Kevin Stefanski's fatal flaw is an addiction to halfback dive. It is crippling. 
we will find him out in an alley behind a Chipotle with a needle full of halfback dive in his arm one day, and it will be a sad evening. <laughs> Shout out to Dale, our old manager at Chipotle. Uh, either way, Dearness Johnson is a serviceable running back, so the Browns will be able to run the ball with some success, but it won't be killer enough, and it won't be tempting enough for Kevin Stefanski to take the ball out of Baker's hands, which means the Browns will throw. The Browns throwing means that we will get a lot of Patriots linebackers covering one of the two tight ends. And while Devin McCourty is a really good safety and Adrian Phillips is a really good coverage linebacker because he's a strong safety that was converted to a coverage linebacker. I believe that the Browns, especially as good as they, as they are at scheming open tight ends, will be able to get one of the two tight ends open against one of those two players consistently. Additionally, I think that the Patriots are going to be in a tough spot because J.C. Jackson won't have anybody to lock down. There's just no receiver good enough to merit that kind of attention, except for maybe DPJ, which means that a notoriously thin Patriots cornerback room is going to have to cover everybody. I think that it'll be a lot of short throws. I don't think the uh, Browns will go downfield as much, but Baker is going to have all day because the Patriots rush is not fearsome and the Browns offensive line is great. They will probably throw the ball like 40 times and his yards per attempt will probably be relatively low. His ADOT will probably be relatively low, but it only takes one big play to seal a game. And I think that this game is going to be somewhere in the realm of 30 to 40 points for the Browns and about 10 to 20, 10 to 15, even for the Patriots. I think it's going to be that easy. At least I, yeah, I, I think the Browns should definitely win this game. They're better than the Patriots are. I don't know if it'll be quite that lopsided just because I, I think even if it's been a lot of luck, if Baker is throwing the ball a lot, he might have a pick or two, or you might get a fumble where I think the Patriots defense will still get a turnover or two in this game. And that might make it a little more even. I do expect the Browns to win by, you know, two scores. So seven, okay. to, seven okay. to 10 points. We'll say that. I, I want to quickly just delve into the Patriots a little bit. Uh, so this does not count as Brown's talk. Holy shit, Frederick Anderson with the save of a lifetime. I, li- I like hockey also, guys. Um, the Patriots defense is getting many, many flowers of many, many kinds. Part of this is because this past week they had two red zone interceptions against Sam Darnold and the Panthers, uh, one of which was Sam Darnold throwing the ball. I mean, it was actually an amazing play by Jamie Collins, but he threw the ball into the hands of an edge rusher. The other one was just, Darnold missing by like literally 10 yards, hitting JC Jackson, jumping a route. Well, I mean, not even jumping a route, just catching a punt. Other than that, the Panthers moved the ball really well. Like between the 20s, they, not really well. The Panthers moved the ball respectably between the 20s. And that's despite sucking ass at offense. Additionally, Mac Jones turned the ball over twice, and he has turned, or he has tried to turn the ball over twice in almost every game this season. So that's like pretty fucking stable. Get rid of all that variance, and we've got a close game. Against the Jets, I got to throw it out because it's the Jets and Zach Wilson got hurt. That's just a lot of bullshit. But we'll do the Cowboys. It was a close game. It went to overtime. We got lucky to cover in overtime. We also got really unlucky when Dak Prescott fumbled the ball on fourth down on a QB sneak at the goal line, a centimeter from the goal line. We got really unlucky the play before when Dak Prescott clearly scored a touchdown and the refs said, I don't know. We got really unlucky when Dak Prescott threw a ball at his receiver's back. It fell into the arms of a Patriots defensive back in the end zone. Like, these are 14 points right off the board for no reason other than dumb luck. The Buccaneers dropped eight balls. Otherwise, that's a blowout. Like, the Patriots, yeah, the Patriots just aren't playing good teams. And when they have, they've been like ridiculously lucky. And I'm betting that Bill Belichick is not a miracle maker. The NFL is not rigged. And therefore, this shit has to stop. Yeah, I mean, overall, I agree with you. The The Browns are my best bet this week as well. Obviously, I would love it if Chubb or honestly, if Dimitri Felton was back, that would be sweet as well. I Something think your best just, bet is Hunt. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that's going to happen either. But it, the positive is all the guys are vaccinated, so they just need to two negative tests so we'll see and it was early in the week either way even if it's dearness as the the bell cow and not much behind him i still think the browns are just much better i think they're in that similar realm of the cowboys as a team and we just went through how the cowboys should have won by a lot and we're just we're getting money line we don't even have to give points like we had to give five in the cowboys game so 
I love I like this bet a lot. I might even love this bet. I love this bet, and it's our best bet of the week. And you don't have any say in that if you disagree. Oh no, it's 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 actually I think at present will likely be the biggest bet I've made this year. So yeah, I agree got, with you. I've got best five bet. grand on it. It's tied for my biggest bet ever. Well, I feel like we've uh, we've said plenty about this game, and we've covered the Browns and Patriots in depth the last couple episodes. Hey, we, we kept on? it under 10 minutes. So, Hey, I'll take it. Single digits, what we're shooting for. With that said, the next game, we have the Detroit Lions going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are minus nine. Like, again, the Steelers should not be laying nine to anybody on earth, especially after making Justin Fields look good yesterday. Um, I brought that up specifically so that I could scoff at PFF saying that that performance by Justin Fields was the best of the week. Literally a day after I gave him props for recognizing that Baker Mayfield had the best performance of the week, they said that Justin Fields versus Steelers was the best quarterback performance of week 10 or nine or whatever the fuck. That's disgusting. Yeah. Justin Fields, who tried to throw a pick on the drive that gave them the go-ahead touchdown. Like It hit a defender in two hands. That, yeah, that's the best. Wrong. He he made some really nice throws throughout that game. Oh fuck! But he yeah. is still just so mistake prone. He was accurate on fifty-seven percent of his passes. I gave him a B. I mean, because he had a bunch of amazing throws, but fifty-seven percent of his passes and a, an attempted pick. Like, I, anyhow, do you see any way in hell we're getting behind the Lions? No, this is this is a game I stay away from. the The Steelers are very overrated right now they are not a good team but the lions are still the lions and are probably the worst team in the league so then then let's get the fuck out of here yeah let's move on next we have the jacksonville jaguars going to play the indianapolis colts the colts are minus 10 that might be a drop dead leg get that down to three we'll write that down in the legs column of my notes and then we'll come back to it later (laughs) yep i don't think there's uh too much else to be said about it i I would be shocked if the Colts didn't win this game, but 10's a huge number. Just use it as a leg. Next, we have the New Orleans Saints going to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are minus three. And juiced. It's minus three plus 105. Um, I, I want to bet on the Titans. Me too. Okay, so we can bet on the Titans? Yeah. Okay, do we take minus three plus 105, or do we take minus two and a half at – oh. <laughs> I looked at the wrong alternate line, and I thought I had plus 150, and I was going to say, put all of your money on it now. <laughs> oh, Bovada's trying to fuck us in the ass. So Not give you two and a half. Oh, no, they gave us two and a half at minus 120. I think we just go minus three. <laughs> Get this. If you go to minus three and you just click the buy a half point, it gives you minus 135. <laughs> Fucking what? I'm, I'm fine with them at minus three. I mean, I the the variable the variable factor scares me a little bit, but he's actually been coaching pretty well and relatively aggressive. He still has his moments. You know who's been variabling? Not variable, but Sean Payton. He's been he's been very conservative this year, and I understand now, especially with Trevor Simeon, that he's just so limited. But yeah, he's been incredibly conservative. Like as high as I was on the Saints to start the year, and I was. With no Jameis and with Sean Payton being this castrated by Sean Payton, I I don't I don't think that the Saints make the playoffs right now. Yeah, I don't think they do either. With having a role with Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill, is he back yet? He's, He's back, back, but they're not using him as quarterback. They're playing him yeah, at tight so end mostly. You're you're fully relying on Trevor Simeon, and that's just a mess. You're and they didn't have a big cushion or anything they could sit back on to kind of eat some games when they drop some i i wouldn't think they'll make the playoffs tennessee minus three one unit yeah i'm good with it tennessee is with with no derrick henry they're they're throwing and they they yeah they actually have to do the good things um i got i caught a lot of flack from that restore the roar guy because he's like oh I bet you gave Tannehill an A minus, even though he played like shit. And I'm like, dude, the game was out of hand by half. I didn't give him shit because there's no point in grading a blowout. We learned nothing about the Titans' offense without Derrick Henry, other than it looks like they're going to try to throw. Yeah, which and is, that their defense we, is not fucked. <laughs> yeah, and and that's how we talked about it. That we need to see from them. It's just that they're going to throw because if they mm-hmm. throw, they're going to be solid. Yep. And the Saints just—they're not at that point, even with the defense playing well. 
you, you can't count on them with that offense right now. So, yeah, I like it. We have Tennessee minus three. Yep. For the next game, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to play the Washington football team. Washington's plus 10. There's another leg. Yep. I, it, it's a double-digit number. I, I'm not going to bet on Tampa, but obviously I'm not betting on Washington either. Yep. Let's go to the late slate. Wait, but before we go to the late slate, let's do advertisements. We're good little corporate bitches, aren't we? And these good little corporate bitches will kick off the late slate talking about the Minnesota Vikings going to play the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are minus three. Such a fucking pro. Um, it's minus three even, although I'm sure Bovada has some fucking bullshit in store if we try to get down to two and a half. So it's not even. <sighs> this is such a tempting line because the Chargers are a much better team and the Chargers should win. But we just watched the Chargers sweat out minus three against Philly, who is even worse than the Vikings. I am truly disturbed by what I'm seeing out of Brandon Staley. I think he's actually an actively bad coach because he, he got all of Twitter on his side in the offseason by putting out a sick hype video where he says, we're going to throw the ball downfield. We're going to be aggressive on offense. But they don't do that ever. And I just don't know how we can back a team that seems dead set on winning games 20 to 17. Uh, what what happened to the fucking Chargers offense that played against the Browns? I have no idea. They have had such a regression these last few weeks that has seen them go, like they were doing a lot of dinking and dunking, but they've gone so conservative that it's reminiscent of the the gripes people had about Anthony Lynn, where you, had, you have Justin Herbert, who has a cannon, can put the ball anywhere on the field and you're just throwing all these short passes and running a lot and you know dinking and dunking your way down the field it like it can work it's just a gross misuse of their resources yeah i uh, it, brandon staley said a lot of the right things and has done some of the right things being really aggressive on fourth downs and at least early in the year throwing downfield but they've just the last few weeks they've gone so conservative and with the defense completely unable to stop anyone's run game and being solid to good in the past game, but not elite that it makes up for their lack of run game and now kind of stagnant offense. The way to beat the Vikings is to make their offense. Well, first of all, it's to stop their terrible offense and the way that you stop their terrible offense is by stuffing the run and forcing them to pass because they're not good at it despite having great wide receivers because Kirk Cousins is Joe Burrow without the charisma or the haircut and the Chargers play backwards from that they're going to take away the pass and force the Vikings to run which is what the Vikings want to do and the Vikings will get five and a half yards a carry minimum meaning that the Vikings will score 21 points and the way that the Chargers are currently being coached on offense, I don't know if they can match that because the Vikings defense is really good at stopping the run. They are really good at taking away the first five yards past the line of scrimmage. You have to go deep on them. You have to run the intermediate routes. And I don't think the Chargers have the balls right now. Yeah, if if and this is a game that I could 100% come back to and see if the Chargers win by two touchdowns and Justin Herbert throws for 350 yards, I'll go, yeah, that makes sense. That's that's what should happen. And it very well, it's very well possible that the Chargers actually, you know, take their heads out of their asses and game plan and throw downfield. But I don't trust them to do it right now because it's been like three weeks of consistent and bad offense. So I'm probably just going to stay away from this game. Maybe live bet if watching the Chargers and they come out throwing downfield. But until then, I can't trust them. Part of the problem is that like my instinct was, well, maybe we've got the saving grace. Maybe the Vikings after that heartbreaking loss yet again are going to give up. But it looks like they're still in the playoff race. Like, so Tampa is going to win that division and go to the playoffs. Packers are going to go to the playoffs. One of Cardinals and Rams will win that division. The other one's got the first wild card. We've got two more wild cards to hand out. That means that the Eagles with three wins, Giants with three wins, Vikings and Bears with three wins, Falcons and Panthers with four wins, Seahawks, like literally everybody's still alive except the Lions and yes. Washington. Yeah, and I, I just don't think they're going to give up until later in the year. 
like the there's still some energy they're not too beat up yet whereas it once those losses pile up and they get out of the playoff race and people are hurt then i think that's when we see them kind of pack it in but week 10 is probably still too early for that i think they pack it in if they lose this game but yeah <sighs> let's come back to it like you know what if this drops to two and a half i think i'll just take the chargers out of like it, it probably is it's probably going to drop drop the chargers minus two and a half and i'll probably take them simply because i get the better team at home with a negligible spread but yeah and the chargers should win like they, they should oh, win by a lot if they don't win i'm going to be significantly disappointed and surprised yeah but yeah so they're they're probably towards the lower end but they might make it in for me yeah, we just spent this whole time bitching about how fucking backwards they are. But, like, when you've got a far better quarterback and you've got a similar offensive line and you've got similar wide receivers and a similar running game and a better secondary, you should win, especially if you're at home. Yeah, it's just that they keep telling us that they might not actually be real. But the Vikings aren't real. <laughs> ah. But the fucking Eagles aren't real either. Okay, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. We'll come I need back. a break. I need a break from the fucking turmoil. All right. The next game, we have the Philadelphia Eagles going to play the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are minus three. This is another arguably square one and another uh, difficult pill to swallow, but, like, we got to go Broncos. Yep. Like, we, we've spent the entire year talking about how the Eagles are bad. They're they probably really... the team that's going to make me the most money by betting against them this year. Yeah, I mean they have they have a bad inexperienced coach. They have a bad inexperienced quarterback. They have young, not great receiving options. The line's playing well, and then the defense is overperforming, but they're still just not special. I mean, well, their defense is great against the run. It can't do shit against the pass. Yeah, it's like they can make an offense one-dimensional, which is a huge part of the NFL. Because if you can make an offense one-dimensional. You know what they have to do, and a lot of it, you know, is just scheming more than anything. But yeah, they're they're not in the pass. They're just not talented either. It's not even just a scheme thing or a coaching issue. They just don't really have the talent. And the Broncos, as we've talked about, they're they're getting healthy with their wide receivers. Teddy should be a little bit more comfortable and have some easier throws coming up, especially against a weak pass defense. And then when you go to the Broncos defense that, I mean, they're still really beat up, but they've been playing better. This is, so they're not going to have Patrick Sertain probably. He's probably out with an injury, but you don't need to go three deep at corner against the Eagles because they can't throw. You've also already got two good, smart safeties. So I am very confident that the Broncos secondary would be more than sufficient because don't look now, but Kyle Fuller seems to be back. Uh, he was awesome against uh, Dallas. So maybe he figured it out. And this is a guy I've loved for years. So if he gives me any sign of being a good corner again, I'm going to believe it. Additionally, they don't have a pass rush. Like they're outside linebackers. They're a, four, they're a 3 4 team. So they're rushing Malik Reed and Jonathan Cooper. Yeah, I had a similar that's, reaction. <laughs> that's a rough. That's a rough group. But do you really want to rush Jalen Hurts? I would much rather mush rush him, get no push, and just wait for him to run into the ass of an offensive lineman. Yeah, this is one of those things where a, a team's weakness actually helps them. And it's similar to how we talked about Tennessee, where when Derrick Henry's out, they play a, you know, a real offense or a modern offense, and it goes well for them. And here, yeah, you're right, the, the Broncos won't be able to generate pass rush, and they're probably better suited to just sit and contain him anyway and their front three is still like impressive they got draymond jones mike purcell and shelby harris and those three dudes like yeah they're not gonna be racking up sacks but they are fucking tough to move in the run game they are going to plug shit up on the eagles and baron browning and kenny young are decent ranging linebackers so Combine that with Vic Fangio being a good defensive coordinator. He's a better version of Brandon Staley, and Brandon Staley just gave the Eagles hell on offense. So I this is a this is a surefire to me. I'm taking Denver. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's not in the same realm that the Browns are. No. Or or and it wouldn't even if the Browns weren't there, I they wouldn't be a best bet in a normal week. But I do like them. 
I also think we're going to get uh, Broncos at minus two and a half because it's minus three, minus one hundred five. So we're we're looking at a lot of threes that are going to change. All right. So we'll probably wait on that one, but it will make it in. Worst case, it's minus three. Hopefully, we can get down to minus two and a half. But we can move on to the final game of the afternoon, the mid slate. The Seattle Seahawks are going to play the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are minus three and a half even. Okay, we need to hash something out first that's not football related before we get to the meat of this game, because I'm sure it's been on everybody's minds. The four o'clock games are the late slate, and then the eight o'clock is the prime time. Okay, that 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 makes sense. All right, that's I'm sure everybody knew that that's exactly where I was going with this. Oh, I literally just watched the line change in front of my eyes uh, on this particular game. Uh, it was Green Bay minus three and a half regular odds, and now it is minus three and a half plus one oh five. So this will be minus three shortly. Um, Aaron Rodgers will play uh, because like the dude could be fucking like wheezing on a fucking stretcher from COVID, and he would be eligible to play because that's how the NFL's rules are written. I don't care to get into if that's good or bad. He will be playing. Uh, Russell Wilson will also be playing, which I didn't know when I bet on the Packers minus five on Monday. That's tough. That's uh, That's been happening to us a lot lately. I, I have been getting just, I've been getting absolutely eviscerated on closing line value. And I've been making a fuck ton of money anyway, like two of my best weeks, despite getting no closing line value. Um, that just means that the line is moving away from me. So like I bet on the Packers at plus two, and then they go up to plus seven. Um, in this case, I bet on the Packers minus five, and now it's minus three and a half, and it's going to be minus three shortly uh like literally by the time this pot is up it's probably minus three so i'm gonna wait and i'm gonna pick it up at minus three again if it's at minus three is that a pod pick yeah i i like this game a lot i think the the packers are better the the line movement helps us because while gino has not been very good for the seahawks russell wilson is not it's one him coming fresh off an injury and two we've already seen that he's good but still just so prone to mistakes and well, he's got he's got one objective. he's got one trick he's got one trick and it's the best trick he throws an amazing deep ball like probably the best deep ball if you're running a straight line as fast as you can you probably want Russell Wilson to be the guy who throws it to you but yeah. if everybody knows you're going to do that they're going to play two safeties over the top the set packers have decent to good safeties throw those fuckers over the top just like they did to Patrick Mahomes last week and then they're going to bracket you with their fast corners and now you have to play the short game, and Wilson can't. And Rashawn Gary, don't look now, but he is making me look like an idiot. Because I laughed my ass off at the Packers for drafting Rashawn Gary to be an edge rusher. I was like, this is this is the most perfect like three four defensive end, like three to four technique ever. And they're trying to turn him into a seven or nine technique. I was wrong. Dude got skinny, and he is a force. He is Terrell Suggs out there. So. I like the Packers defense. I like it especially against the Seattle offense with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson came back early. He's supposed to be out another week, but he came back early, which means his finger might still be a little iffy. And I think that even if everything was perfectly healthy, Green Bay is just a better team. So yeah, Green Bay minus three. We will wait and we will get it. And if we don't, then we will tease it down because I'm not laying three and a half. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. The The Seahawks offense has avenues to hurt you with Russell Wilson being incredible in the deep game and they have two incredible deep ball receivers but with that said the Packers defense is coming on and they're well built to handle this kind of offense so the the Seahawks will be able to score but they're not going to be able to go crazy and on the other hand you have Aaron Rodgers and what has been proven to be a very effective offense with guys back, you know, MV, MVS is healthy, Lazard's healthy, Devontae Adams is healthy. They have all the running backs. They're, they're healthy. They're rounding into form. And the Seahawks defense is not good. They still can't really cover anyone. Hey, how much would you do you think Aaron Rodgers would love to get people to shut the fuck up about his vaccine status and actually talk about his football play? Oh, yeah. And, and the Seahawks defense will not be able to create pressure on him. And they're not going to be able to cover any of those guys. They don't have the depth and they don't have the star power to keep up with the receiving options for the Packers. I mean, they go four deep at receiver, five deep at receiver, 
and have two very good running backs and you're figuring out Tanyan, but they didn't even really use him that much this year. So the, the Packers are much better on top of having, you don't know how, how healthy and effective Russ is going to be. This is a, a big bet for me. I like this one. It might be a two units for me. Yeah. I was going to say when this goes down to minus three, I'm going to hammer it. I'm going to put two or three units. Yeah. Depending on how my, mo- if, if the Browns lose in the morning, that might throw all my fucking plans off. But yeah, but as of now, they're they're a bet I like a lot, and will likely put more than one on. It will be my second biggest bet of the week. Fair enough. Let's get into the primetime Sunday night game. I always get my way. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to play the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are plus two and a half, even odds. This is tough. Yes. Like this is a really fucking hard game to handicap because if Patrick Mahomes was a top 10 quarterback this is the chiefs all day but patrick mahomes has not been a top 20 quarterback in literal months like think about that think about those words that i just said patrick mahomes has not been one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the nfl for multiple months more than four weeks in a row he he has struggled this year i don't want to say defenses have figured him out because it is not some complex thing they're doing to him they're running base fucking they're running the defense that your middle school football coach did yeah this is in your ask madden suggestions it's literally if you go to any formation and select it is the one on the left the first page it is because i've in madden i don't know how to run great defenses or at least i didn't used to so i'd literally always run two man under two safeties up top man up everywhere else and then control the linebacker and try to blitz if you can like it's the simplest defense and it's mostly just that Mahomes is turning like he's taking well blocked up plays and turning them into pressures and then he's missing throws a lot and he's occasionally throwing the ball at the hands of defenders so like it's it's mostly just Mahomes he's the problem right but then you get to the other side of do you want to bet on the Raiders who just had their the the fall we we talked about was going to happen finally happened they lost to the giants the interim head coach you know that initial boost has worn off and now it's just going back to being a decent football team with a special teams coach leading it it's see here's my fucking problem is Derek carr is also a pumpkin so i've got a pumpkin versus a bigger pumpkin and i don't know if i want my pumpkin to be large or small the Raiders have a better defense. The Raiders do have a better defense. They have a better run game. But they just had to deal with more bullshit because Damon Arnett has a bazooka, and he put it online. It wasn't a bazooka. It looked like a Nerf gun that fired bullets. Uh, I think I've seen that game in Grand Theft Auto, or that gun in Grand Theft Auto before. It, it looked like a shotgun with a barrel round, barrel clip. I don't know guns. Oh, but that he was holding it with sense. one hand. Like he's not holding the bazooka with one hand. He's an NFL football player. They do shit we don't understand all the time. Yeah. Either way, there. But I don't know if the distractions really matter at this point. Because <sighs> they can't help. Like, they can't help. They can't help. But they're kind of just weathering them left and right. Like they didn't weather them that well last week. They kind of sucked dick on Sunday. I gotta stop saying that. Yeah, but I don't know if that was distraction as much as it was this is just the team they are when you have a special teams coach leading the team and the Giants, well, not good. They have ways of beating you. Man, you got to score 21 points on the Giants. I don't disagree with you there. They added Deshaun Jackson, but I don't think he's going to be ready to play. Yeah, I don't (sighs) think it matters that much, at least not right now. They're going to be able to throw to Darren Waller. Although Tyron Matthew and Daniel Sorensen are probably the only two defensive backs on that defense who actually know what they're doing. Daniel Sorensen <sighs> is horrible, though. Yeah, that guy he's might be, bad, he might know what he's doing, but he can't keep up with anyone. He won't bust the coverage. Whereas, he'll just miss the tackle and be chasing the guy. Man, have you seen how bad Mike Hughes is? I mean, I haven't. I haven't seen like specific breakdown of his play. No, it's. PFF somehow gives him an average, like, replaceable level starter grade. I swear to God, you could throw the ball at him every snap, and it's going to get completed. 
it's that bad. Like it's it's not what you want. It's not even that he gets beaten in coverage that much. Like yes, he lets people separate from him, but more importantly, just if he's there, he's a ghost. It'll go through him. I don't know. This game is really fucking hard. Yeah, I'm probably just going to stay away from it because there are a lot of variables that I don't think we can suss out with logic or with angles. It's just things that like we it depends on if the team comes to play for the Raiders and it depends on if Mahomes can get lucky. Mahomes is a bad quarterback, but I still don't want to bet against the best coach in the NFL. Unless I have a good quarterback, and Derek Carr is not a good quarterback. So we're going to stay away, because you know what? Chris Jones can also pressure Derek Carr. The The Chiefs' or defensive line has actually been a lot better since they moved Chris Jones inside again. So we're going to stay away, and we're going we're gonna to move to Monday. Monday night, we have the Los Angeles Rams going to play the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are plus four. We're betting Rams, aren't we? Yes, I have two okay. units down on it already. Okay. Um, minus four is a terrible number, but I don't care because the 49ers are a terrible offense and the Rams are looking to get right. Um, we talked about this yesterday on the recap pod, but I don't, it's part of the gas or fade segment towards the end. I don't understand how the 49ers can be considered anything but a bottom 10 team. And for some reason, people think that like them and the chargers are about the same thing. Uh, They're not good at anything. They're actively bad at almost everything. Like, I I guess it's tough to run the ball up the gut on them because their defensive line is stout, if not, like, good at creating pressure. But the Rams are the best or second best team in the NFL. They're pissed off because they just blew it against the Titans. It's Monday night football. Rams by a billion. This is another, like, I almost want to make it a best bet. If it was minus three, it'd be my best bet of the week, probably. Yeah. I, I I love the Rams in this game. I they're just way better. I think they you know they turn in these stinker games every now and again, and it seems to be just if Matt Stafford decides to have a horrible game, then the Rams are going to be bad. Yeah, when Matt Stafford, but, you you said it last week when we were thinking about betting on the fucking Rams. You you said when Matt Stafford goes in the tank, he goes all the way in the tank, and he did. Yeah. And and that's really the only way that they lose though, because even in games where he's just been fine they've they still win those games because he's a good enough quarterback that he, he doesn't really need to be more than fine to still be productive and he still has the flashes to be electric yep but when he has those games like he did against the cardinals and like he did this last week against the titans where he just totally implodes now i don't think that's likely to happen in back-to-back weeks also it the 49ers just, don't have a cornerback on their roster yeah it's just not a good matchup either for the 49ers like they can create some pressure that might force Stafford into bad decisions but he's not even that you know vulnerable to pressure and panicking under it and the 49ers don't have anyone that can cover let alone that can play with the kind of like deep spread the uh, spread the ball around uh situation that the Rams have been using where they throw to Cooper Cup a lot but then it's you know they get a lot of guys involved do you um do you want to hear who the defensive line is for the 49ers because, you know, you, you think 49ers defensive line, you think, oh, they're fucking really good defensive line. Like, you know, I guess I'm trying to get in the head of an idiot. Um, and this is how an idiot would think because Super Bowl, they had good defensive line for Super Bowl. Well, it's Nick Bosa, who's fine. It's Eric Armstead, who is not supposed to be playing defensive end. He is not a pass rushing guy. And I liked him coming out of college, but he is he's a 3-4 end, not a 4-3 end. He's a 5-tech. They have Kentavious Street, who I love. Uh, he was the best defensive lineman on uh, North Carolina State the year that they had Bradley Chubb, but he tore his ACL like twice. So I don't know if he still has it. And one defensive tackle a line does not make. And then they have DJ Jones. So they've got, oh, put it bluntly, they really can't rush the passer. Yeah, it's kind of Nick Bosa or that's it. Yeah, like Kentavious Street's good, but he's a defensive tackle and he's not – a killer <laughs> like there are about five to ten defensive tackles who factor into the pass game in the nfl and as much as i love the guy he's not one of them yeah and then you said it with eric armstead he should not be playing on the edge and that's not his his role he's not going to be a pass rushing edge that they might need him to be and then yeah there we've talked about it at length of their secondary is atrocious their linebackers are okay because fred warner is there 
but they just don't have any group that's elite enough to take over and cover the warts that they have in the secondary. And this is a Sean McVay, Matt Stafford offense that has been elite for all but two weeks out of the year. And, and they're looking they, to get off the schneid. Yeah, there there aren't many things that I can even rationalize of why this line's like this, unless you think the, the Rams are going to have back-to-back bad games and they're in a slide. But I don't think anyone would disagree that the Rams are way more talented and just a way better team. It's either you think they're going to slide or division games are close. This this game this line is fucking insane. Rams, Rams all day. If you have a decent week, triple down on the Rams on Sunday or on Monday. Like, I only have a unit right now. I guarantee that changes. I'm just yeah, trying I, to figure out if it's going to be three or five. <laughs> yeah, I have two on them right now, and um, kind of it was just waiting to see how the rest of the week turned out before I put more. But they're also going to go up. Also, as bad as the 49ers have looked. The heat is on, Kyle Shanahan, and it might be time to put in Trey Lance. And, oh, my God, if he's in, I don't think they score 10 points. Oh, they'll be terrible. Jalen Ramsey will score more touchdowns than the 49ers if Trey Lance plays quarterback. And I don't love Jalen Ramsey. So, yeah, Rams. It feels like we have three best bets this week and then not much else. (laughs) I'm going to go through the ones that we're certain about. So, we love Cleveland. That's our best bet. We like Tennessee minus three. We like Denver minus two and a half. We really like Green Bay minus three might be a best bet. We love LA minus four. We're iffy on San Diego minus two and a half if it gets there. See, I think, honestly, we don't even need to worry about maybes because we have three games that we love that we're going to put a, a lot of you know our, our units towards. And then two games that we like. We've got our five games and games that we're going to tie up all our money into. I don't think we need to really look for extra. Okay, let's look into the to our nice legs then, real quickly. Oh, what is move? Oh, I saw one of my lines moving, my uh, my buyout lines moving, and I was like, "What the fuck happened? Who's out?" It was the Blackhawks game. It's hockey. Really scared me. This is a football podcast, sir. All right, I'll get my shit together. I'm just trying to put together the Bucks and the Colts in a parlay that makes us some money. All right, so Indianapolis minus three, Tampa Bay minus three, and Rams money line. Uh, parlay together is plus 163 and a half odds. So I bet a thousand to win 164.5. Uh, I fucking love that. That's a nice unit. I joined you. I, I did a unit on that same bet. I think it's three things we feel really comfortable about. This gets us another unit on the Rams and it's just money line, which I'm not going to say is a lock, but feels very safe to me. I'd bet my anal virginity on that if anybody would take it. Uh, we, we might have a, an interesting recap pod next week. <laughs> hey, whatever gets more listeners, right? So our bets one more time are Cleveland, best bet, Tennessee, Denver, Green Bay minus three. Wait for it. It'll go there. And then LA minus four, best bet again. Are we doing two best bets? We can. Fuck it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do two best bets. Let's get wild. Let's be bad. We've done it before and we hit both. Well, that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> past performance does indicate future success which is why i always win my bets and that is why i ask you guys whether you tail or fail to please bet on football games asta <laughs>